What's poppin' people? Welcome to the Pens and Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Count G, and to my social distance left is the coordinator extraordinator. I can. The Popcast is the place to come to for the art and news of video games, comics, and movies that week. That's right. We're the PPP. Or last time we asked the two artists barking into the world. And bark we shall. We have a healthy dose of news and news story this week, including the return of Hayao Miyazaki, Vision's dick, <laughs> Mass Effect 1's DLC being cut from the Legendary Edition, PlayStation's not, not their worst patent ever, but still mildly frightening. <laughs> this is a collection of them that's more terrifying. And that will lead us to Silent Hill one day. <laughs> I promise you'd take me there. So, if any of that sounds good to you, uh, we'll also be doing After Dark after the break, as we usually do, where we talk about reading, watching, and playing. Uh, and as always, I'll put timestamps in the description so you can just jump around as you please, or you can just join us on this joyful journey. Yeah, that's right. You can also uh, check us out on uh, Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, and join us as a patron, and as usual, make us your bitch with your money. Um... And, uh, of course, also follow us on Twitter at DMP underscore podcast for what is now officially just a Silent Hill, uh, I don't know what you call that, conspiracy theory thread. <laughs> shrine. <laughs> it's called a shrine. It's called a shrine. A shrine to all knowledge that might be considered possibly Silent Hill. Look, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get to the Silent Hill. Yeah. But first, I want to ask you something about art. Ooh. I like art. Mike, what is art? <laughs> <laughs> I could ask that one of two, but what is it? Or like, what is art? <laughs> what is that? Um, no, it is to be. Um, yeah. Okay, so I have I have a question. Um, th- so this, this came from me seeing, there was a thread on Twitter about mm. um, character designs that people didn't like, mm. um, which is fine. Like, yeah. you know. The, the last rule of character design is basically like appeal, right? Like, it's just like, and that's such a broad, subjective thing. Yeah. Like, is this character appealing? You know, that, that, that can go anyway. Yeah. One thing I saw people bring up a lot, which I don't think is relevant, especially in, like, some of the cases I'll bring up, was realism. And, like, you know, and when I say realism, I mean, like, this character's wearing too many belts or whatever and yeah. like that's not realistic they wouldn't they, they no one would do that and it's like yeah but it's a fucking like weird fantasy world game and like mm-hmm. it like that's not the reason you don't like it i feel no. like people either they can't articulate it so they just kind of point out something that's kind of stupid on the character and it's like that can't be the reason no, um it, or it's probably the most the reason why most characters are adored is because of like something weird about them yeah, so um, one who gets a lot of hate, I don't know if you remember this character design, is Marsh from Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Uh, and look, I, I don't think this character is, you know, like the best thing ever or whatever, but like people point at this and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. one, well, no one can carry, no one can carry that many things. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of a fun design. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but it was just a, a take on like the original design for the original character from the first one. There's just another blonde kid with short hair, like it's an anime kid. And he's and he's wearing he has got a but you know he's got a bunch of shit he's got a weird circular sword thing at the like at the end or whatever but like that's that's what it, it kind of gets to me so I'm like are do these people really not like that it's but I hear that so much that it's not realistic and that it wouldn't do that like I see that on characters like when people design like Batman Superman suits and costumes and stuff and it's like these should be fun not like capes aren't practical but we like we we keep having them because they look cool right yeah. like um well, I mean maybe Marsh's design is as stereotypically as if you say you don't like Marsh's design it's to say you don't like anime because like belts two belts wrapped around in an X crossing 
is Kingdom Hearts to fucking you name it. It's on every character. Um, and plus those belts carrying around tons of extra things is anime 101. Like, I don't see how you cannot like this. And I mean, if you said, like, if I was a pick, but I didn't like about his design, I don't get why he's wearing boots that, like, literally don't go with the rest of the outfit. It's kind of like he's wearing two boots. Mm-hmm. And they're not like color coded to the rest, so that, and they don't look like the same style. Like there, like costume design decision, I think I probably don't like about it. But as for whether or not it's real, again, whatever that word might mean, I think people. I think people mean like no one would do that in real life, and it's like yeah, but that's yeah. that's not the point of it, right? Like well, it should be don't you fantasy hate... and like elevated, right? Like yeah. that's. If you, don't you hate Lulu then? Who would walk around in a skirt made of bondage belts, like? <laughs> Especially for combat. Look up the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 2 main character. Type main, just FF, or FFTA 2 main character. Again, another one who's like, I see get a lot of hate. And I don't know if people just don't like the style, which I, again, to me is just anime. Uh, But he's, you know, he has got this belt with like a shit, like a disc in a pocket and like Mm -hmm. all this shit on him. And people are like, again, no one would wear that to battle. And it's like, yeah, I guess not. (laughs) Again, so I, I don't really have a question here as much as like, what but i see i guess it's the realism thing i see that brought up so much in in places where i don't really think it matters no you know what i mean like it's this is final fantasy tax advance it's whimsical it's it's mm. full of this kind of stuff right like it should it doesn't need to be you know if you're going into battle at the like to the best you'd be wearing like a skin tight armor with like you know <laughs> what i mean like and with as few things to grab as possible yeah. your hair wouldn't be anime and out and no. you know cloud would shave his head in reality probably like yeah that's a prime example i always feel like the more non-realistic characters are the ones who end up falling into the category of more appreciated like sure people bitched for the longest time about Cloud's sword being too big or sephiroth's sword being too long but they're like the most iconic characters in existence mm-hmm. like I, I I don't know. I feel like it, it, there's a kind of a catch twenty two to that, right? Because like you'd make them stand out more by giving them stranger things. To me, the bad character designs with like making them stick are what is currently the trend in, especially in Final Fantasy games, are like Final Fantasy VII remake or the, the added in characters where they're like you could have been from any Square Enix background character. You, yeah, you could have been in a shop. Or you could have been standing in the street. You could have been anywhere. Yet you gave yes. them a name and made them important. Um, you know, like that's a bad character design to me. Uh, in comparison to anything that's more wacky. I mean, like even the more unreal stuff. When you go into American, uh, or again, quote unquote, American animation, like a lot of our characters are in the Cal art style or anything like that are so simplified. Think about um, uh, what's his name. Uh, it's the the bad guy from Fairly Odd Parents. The the. the oh yeah 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Professor Finkelstein or something like that. Um, but he's got an ear on his neck, and they designed him that way, and then they made it into a joke because everyone's like, "Why is his ear on his neck?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that we all recognize him for, and we all think it's crazy and funny. Yeah, yeah. and like you know, I I. I don't know. I, I I see. I feel like people pick out clothing a lot. Maybe is also the thing. Right? Like they're like Titus, you know, is like wearing an impract. It's like yeah, what he's wearing is kind of stupid. It's like a has like overalls and like one leg is longer than the other, and he yeah. kind of has like a jorts thing going on with a little <laughs> yellow vest. But like that's an iconic outfit. Like I think it. Like I I think Titus looks good, but yeah. Well, same thing with um, Sora, right? Like Sora from um, 
what the fuck is it called? Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, his outfit. Got those big the, ass clown shoes. The big ass clown shoes, especially the like the original Sora. Like at least later on, it gets a little bit better, even though for some reason his pants never seem to get passed down to his ankles. But mm-hmm. um, like the original original outfit, wh- why does he have this like ridiculous keychain that he doesn't need? But no one says anything about that. The clown shoes are an excellent example. Um, yep. Or impractical parts on it. Like sometimes it's just like it adds some flair. Like, what's wrong with flair? That's basically what they don't like. They don't like their flair. <laughs> yeah, and, like, I kind of agree with you that, like, I feel like what's worse to me is, like, you know, Final Fantasy XVI's main character who doesn't really stand out that much to, to me because he looks a little bit more like a just generic anime dude. I mean, 15. Or whatever, 16, 15, both. <laughs> we haven't gotten 16 yet, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we've, seen, we've seen him, though, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, he's very sub, un, unimpressive. I did not care to know who he was yeah he's not like immediately like yeah maybe you'll you know we'll grow to like love him or whatever but like he's not immediately like we're not awestruck by him by any means so like yeah i feel like those designs are a little to me are a little more boring than like even weird comparison here but like Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever that's a fucking wackadoo haircut but like (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh is iconic and we know him for his fucking hair right (laughs) like yeah or i mean the final fantasy ones are just such a good comparison because it's a micro or a macrocosm at this point with the amount of games macrocosm of the design world is that the most iconic uh, uh, Final Fantasy characters, and I don't mean main characters even, but I mean main character-wise, like Titus, Cloud, um, uh, Onion Knight, so on and so forth, they're the ones who like fucking stand out, right? And they were the ones who went like, hey, let's go wild with this shit. Like Squall even falls into the background a little bit. Um, yeah, Titus is much more normal. Yeah. yeah. Titus stands out at the very least. Or Titus, yeah. whatever the fuck it is. Um, but even inside of all of that, like, what were the characters that carried forward? Moogles. That thing wouldn't exist. It doesn't have legs. It doesn't have wings that can practically keep it in the air. But nope. it's the most iconic creature ever. That's uh, fun. Yeah, you know, Kokobos. Like, that's not a that's not a rational animal in any fashion. <laughs> but, we got ostriches in real life. We could ride those. Yeah, but they are the most interesting and the ones we stick to. Right. So like I find that and it's always the case. It's always more exciting to go in that direction rather than to go in a direction of like, like, I don't know anybody who or I'm sure they exist, but I don't know anybody who's going over. uh, uh, I just lost his name. The main character from 15, whatever the fuck his name was, and probably Gladius. Noctis. Yeah. Like uh, it's a dude in a black outfit. All four of them were. Yep. You know. And even then, we gravitated to the words of one that was at least had blonde hair and was a little bit more outstanding because the rest of them all looked the same. Yeah, and like, look, if for, for all you listening, if you think that I, uh, you know, let me let this color your opinion of me. My, my one of my favorite character designs in all Final Fantasy is Queena. So, <laughs> just you know, <laughs> I love Queena. I love every part about Queena. Weird clown frog thing, great. Give it to uh, me in, in droves. I love that character. Yeah, but I like those kind of characters, too. I mean, I, I go for the more streamlined ones, but, like, I mean, from each game, I always had one that I gravitated more towards in, in that sense. Like, uh, for Final Fantasy IX, Freya was my favorite. Mm. Like, this, like, kangaroo dragoon thing, like, it was such a great idea of the evolution of a dragoon. Like, there's, anyways, not to get into it, but that's an excellent design. Yeah. Um, and then for, like, I don't care about any of the Final Fantasy VIII guys. They all just look like people. But for seven. It's probably Red Thirteen, really, to be honest. Yeah, Red Thirteen's cool. But Kate Sith was even just original, at the very least. 
Yeah, it's fun. yeah, especially it's fun when you have like you know more wacky you know, party members like that and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just I, everyone out there listening, I want to know what your opinion is. Tweet the PMP underscore podcast about character design. Is there anything that annoys you that people bring up constantly where you don't really see it as a problem? I guess is like the question here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I feel like I constantly see stuff like that. It's like and you know uh, hair flowing in the wind and people being like, well, that would get grabbed, and it's like. Yeah, well, it looks cooler when it's blowing in the wind with a, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was like, as a conceptual designer, and I'm literally doing this right now because I have a project where I'm literally having to design out characters that like are based on superheroes. So I'm taking the standard superhero poses. Like, one of the characters I basically, I didn't steal, but like I took a very commonly well-known Spider-Man pose, and it's that mm. one where his leg's kicking up and his like hands are down, like when he's jumping in midair and his leg, sure. like, one leg's kicking out. Except for I changed it around and drew a new character around that. But that pose has been used a thousand times. No one flying through the air would do that pose ever. It's, it would be the worst thing to do. You know, you want to be aerodynamic. But it's a dynamic, cool-looking pose. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it just looked awesome, you know? No one's going to grab their cape and pull it forward so that it somehow billows perfectly right. If you just did that, it, all you'd be doing is basically looking like you're trying to bundle yourself up and then fall over. Like... <laughs> All the time Batman grabbed his cloak and then, like, dived at someone. Why would he do that? No, you know what it did? It looked awesome. Yeah, it's like, you've internalized that you hate this thing and you're not expressing yeah. it correctly or in the right ways. <laughs> his hair cannot be the reason. Yeah. I'm trying to curb my belief system on the fact that he somehow shoots fireballs because he holds a sphere from the, the made of the blood of the planet. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, I could say, like, you know what? There's some reality breaking happening there. <laughs> yeah. This is what, yeah, this, this, everything else is fine, but that suspends, yeah. Yeah, my disbelief cannot be yeah, suspended exactly. anymore. Okay, let's get right into the news. Extra, extra. First story. Hayao Miyazaki got so bored with retirement, he started directing again, quote, in order to live. <laughs> so he's back again. We've tried he's to make a call again. on this. Studio Ghibli producer Toshio Suzuki revealed in October 2017 that Hayao Miyazaki was ending his retirement from directing after four years in order to leave behind a feature film project for his grandson. Uh, So he left back in October 2017, and now, speaking to Slash Film ahead of the HBO Max streaming release of Earwig and the Witch, Hayao Miyazaki's son and fellow filmmaker Goro Miyazaki said his father's retirement got so aimless that Hayao, quote, needed to create something in order to live, basically. Uh, Studio Ghibli reopened its animation facility for production on Earwig and Hayao's upcoming feature, How Do You Live? Uh, and then it said, uh, Hayao Miyazaki, <laughs> this sentence is funny to me. Goro continued, Hayao Miyazaki's wife, who is my mother, she used to say to him, <laughs> I wish you could retire and take it easy and enjoy the rest of your life. But recently she's come to accept the fact that he cannot stop creating. So she, so she knows that and she'll be like, okay, if you'd rather create until the end of your life, then go to the studio, go to the office every day. I love that he's like, Hayao Miyazaki's wife, my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Could have just been like mom. Yeah, <laughs> my mother. <laughs> um, it's funny because we reported on the story of him retiring and then going back over the history of his career. He's reti- like quote unquote retired or left uh, animation like six times, um, over and over again. After every film, he's like, "This is my last one. I'm done. It's too much work." And then suddenly he comes back. Uh, so when we said in that story, it was like, "Well, the first ones we ever covered." We were like, "How long do you think it'll be until he comes back?" And here we are. Here we three are. years later. And he's back again. I mean, I'm happy to have him back. Like, I mean, I'm not going to turn down something like that. No, um, and he's doing another hand-drawn movie, too, which is, like, yeah, good, great. They just, uh, Studio Ghibli just released, or is in the process of releasing, like, their first 3D animated feature. Yep. 
Looks okay. Yeah, it's not the same magic as the usual stuff. No, it. Although it looks better than most 3D CG anime, right? Like yes, yeah, I'll say okay. that. Yeah, I'll I definitely say that. give it. They, they're 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 pushing the boundaries of what that format can, can be, and I expect it probably will be the format one day. But um, you know, as for like Miyazaki, I I love the idea of this old man who's like sitting at home, and his wife is basically like. Been, like you know like that's that kind of like movie scenario where the wife is forcing the husband to do something mm-hmm. and he can't do it so he's like going into his office and every time she leaves he just starts like pulling out napkins and drawing <laughs> oh god oh god <laughs> and then like hiding them all over the house you and know what? one day this she re- starts opening books and there's just drawings on them <laughs> this is in stark opposition to hideo kojima's wife who seemed to not acknowledge that he was famous at all <laughs> <laughs> at least at least hayao miyazaki's wife seems to understand like yeah you love doing this. You've made movies. People love them. Go back. It's yeah. fine. Do it. Whereas Hideo Kojima was like, "Look at the audience that I've gotten, and they're they they love what I do." And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, sweetie." In your imaginary world, people care about you. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's getting like literally standing ovations for just walking across the stage. He's doing this all this to just still impress his wife, and he just <laughs> <laughs> no matter what he does. Yeah. Like he oh, that's a- nice. It's nice that the Americans like you. <laughs> It's like I want like them to be going crazy. Like uh, Miyazaki's at home, and then it's like, like the Homer Simpson thing where he's written all on the walls. It's like no anime and no drawing makes uh, Io something something go crazy. Don't mind if I do. Like, all right, get out. Now your <laughs> Simpsons homages. Yeah, I, lo- I, I like the idea too of like Hideo Kojima, like you know, watching The Walking Dead with his wife, and she's like, I love that Daryl character, he's so cool, and he's like, that will be the star of my next game. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's still not impressed when that happens. (laughs) See, he's not really there, you just drew him in. Yeah, you just drew him in. We don't don't draw them in. (laughs) Oh, well, someone just does that, it's fine. (laughs) She's like, he has him actually show up, like pull up on his motorbike to the house and come inside. And she's like, I'm glad you got an impersonator to come for my birthday, but you know. <laughs> no, she just like she just like says now. It's like it's so sweet of you to humor my husband like this. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, we're working together. We're doing like mad genius stuff. You know, yeah. I can't understand English. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> it's funny. All of other of all other like artists, like the fancy, stupid, over the top. We usually end up mocking them because like they're just assholes. Like. Most of the directors out there right now being dickheads about like digital releases and stuff like that, um, and talking about um, James Cameron living under the sea um, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But with um, Kojima, there's something delightfully wholesome about his fame, for sure. Because it's so it's so wacky that you actually honestly believe he's like um, any one of those great classics like Dolly or whatever, where he's probably Dude, like living he... in a cube. <laughs> Like, okay, A, the the hypothetical office we created for him ended up basically becoming true, a white, yeah. big white hallway with a yeah. basically an, an emblem towards him, towards him in the center. Yeah. I also saw more pictures of his office, like, actually, like, last week. It was, he had walls, it was like a black wall, and then it was like a quote from him on there, and they were, like, everywhere. <laughs> I was like, dude, you can't do that. <laughs> Can't quote uh, yourself on your own wall. Oh my god! You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky dash Hideo Kojima. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the wife's wing of the house and his wing of the house, 
and it's just like super obvious like her side is just like a house and then on the other side is suddenly just like three cubes with a hat on top of it you're just like what how do i get in he's just peacocking he's just still trying to impress her every day (laughs) that's nice honey i just want a normal house like she sleeps in a bed and he's like suspended in the middle of a, a white room Hooks in his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leather straps. Yep. Anyway, okay, anyways. Um, glad he, Hayao Miyazaki's back. That's fun. Yeah. All right. Next up. Avengers Age of Ultron nixed Vision's junk after some consideration. <laughs> Director Joss Whedon reportedly wanted us to see more of Vision during his Marvel Cinematic Universe debut until the moment he got exactly what he wanted. Okay. <laughs> Bettany revealed the story of Vision's Nick's Tallywhacker in an interview with Light's Camera Pod, recalling that Whedon was very keen for the Avengers to witness the birth of Vision in a much more natural state. He says, I know Joss Whedon apparently really, really, really wanted the rendition of him when Vision is first born before he's clothed. He was like, he's got to have a penis. And everyone, Kevin Feige, Louis Desposito, I mean, everyone was like, I don't know, Joss. I mean, I'm not sure. (laughs) Bettany explained, adding, Whedon argued that he has to have a penis. I want to see some drawings of penises. (laughs) (laughs) Bettany, who'd been doing the rounds promoting Marvel's new Disney Plus series when he reprises the role of Vision, thinks the evidence of the Sinsoy's schlong in the process might be out there, despite Whedon ultimately rejecting his own call for the bare necessities. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, somewhere there is the rendition of Vision's birth with these penises, and they all were all put up in the wall. And they all went and sat down, and Joss went, yeah, I'm 100% wrong. We don't need to see any of these. <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion that the actual story behind this was it was more of a gag and just kind of funny than actually very serious. You think, do, do, do you think Joss wasted people's like storyboard artist time and being like, we got to see that cock? <laughs> sure, why not? I think it would be silly. Cut them up on the wall. <laughs> He's like, mm. I, I would prefer the story of it being completely serious. And then like, actually, like him, for some reason, being determined to have to find out if an android has dicks. No, but I think, look, okay, there's, do you remember that comic a couple years ago? The Batman one? What? With the penis. No. Okay, so there was, this was, I, I want to say two years ago, probably 2018, maybe 2019, I'm not sure. Um, where there's this big deal that in one panel, you could see Batman's penis. And it was hyped up. And when you see that panel, I can see you're Googling it right now. Yep. You see, like, it's dark, and you see, like, a sliver of a outline of a penis, kind of. And it's like, did this really <laughs> do anything for anybody, you know? You mean, like, adding it in? Oh, yeah, okay. Huh. It's just, like, in context, what did it add to anything, right? I don't know. See, there's an interesting, just, so like, in the non-funny discussion here, like, uh, there is a disproportionate um, like access to like the form for when it comes between male and female. Like, for sure. When I was a kid and you were a kid and, and everyone even to today, like there was plenty of movies once you got into the, like, the higher R-rated or horror movies and stuff where it's like woman's breasts every five minutes, full bush, and then when she's dead, sprawled out tendrils, like, you know, just like, and nonstop. Uh, it would just 100%. all the time. And then for men, it was barely, like, they wouldn't even, like, they couldn't even show the men's nipples half the time. It was, like, they were the more bashed ones to, like, be seen. And oh, yeah. You, I think it's a big deal when you see a schlong. Oh, yeah. It's a huge deal. You're like, oh, shit, someone's penis. Um, and yet women were exposed everywhere. So, like, to even it out and just make it as not inconsequential, because, like, 
as I grew up, women's nudity in movies became so inconsequential to me because I'm like, it's in everything. Like, who cares? What we do? Titties. That's right? fair. That's fair. Um, and the same thing should have been done for men. So I kind of think like making it commonplace would be more affirming in the way that it could be like, hey, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. We shouldn't be ashamed. Right. Um, but like, is it necessary to toss it in on certain IPs? No. Yeah, I just like what are we? Yeah, uh, the Grand Theft Auto, I th- Grand Theft Auto Four, I believe, was mm-hmm. the first male human penis that was like rendered in a video game. I yeah. think. I don't. Well, I mean, in three D, I guess. I don't. I'm not really sure. Like, I know there was that fucking terrible Custer's Revenge, like Atari game, and it's like a you know, it's like an eight bit sprite or whatever. Um, but that was a mare, and his his penis was out, and it was like basically it was like for shock value, and like that mare was a little bit you know crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he walked around naked, and the camera focused on his schlong a lot. And in that case, I think that works. I think that's yeah. totally fine. When we saw Vision's penis, what was that going to do? <laughs> that's that's the thing, especially like in that scene where he's appearing, and they're all looking at him so shockingly. Like it would have just been kind of awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of them going, although, oh, no, oh, you know and then him flying out with it flailing around like that. Like. <laughs> You know what? I'm okay with a joke there with like Tony Stark being like emasculated by his own computer's schlong. <laughs> like he feels insecure about the size of Vision's penis. <laughs> I'd be okay program with it that way. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Get back in there. That's going down a few inches. Yeah. yeah um, cut that off. Um, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I just. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. I just yeah, well, wonder because I do agree with you. It, it, like it should be. I shouldn't even have the reaction. It should be like just everywhere, right? Like mm. as, as commonplace as females are, or neither, because I agree with you. It was, it was always so. What's the worst? What's the right word? Just inconsequential, not commonplace, gratuitous. I guess it was. Mm. It was so gratuitous a lot of times, and even now, still sometimes, like oh, it, yeah. it's it's everywhere. Yeah, it's de- like we're desensitized to it. But like when a schlong pops up, it's like this is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, this is like rated R. How dare you show a penis? And it's yeah. like so abashed and ashamed, and we shouldn't be doing it. And it's just like. Well, it's not a big deal, and we should know that, like you know, that those parts are there. Um, there's a big psychological discussion about like men and their genitalia, and the fact that we've made them basically these invisible things that no one should ever know or look at or see or understand exist. When you know we're very well aware of women's parts because of movies and popular. I feel like the content. last penis I saw in a movie was uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that's fun. That's that's from like twenty four. No, that's from like. 2009 2010 somewhere around there it's like 10 years ago there was one oh no you know what it was uh oh no it was actually it was fake because he used to prop it was from um what's that movie called wolf of wall street jonah hill he used a prop penis for when he was jerking off in that movie did he yeah amazing i mean i guess yeah that's fair <laughs> that's fair i mean i'm not saying against that but i mean like that was yeah. one of the times i can actually think about even like maybe there was a penis somewhere in a scene yeah that'd be awkward yeah Moving on to the video game news. <laughs> Speaking of awkward, yeah. yeah. Jerked it. That'd be way more comfortable than a sex scene, I feel like, because at least you have someone else to, like, you know, concentrate on and with and, like, you know, act a sex scene, whereas, like, a jerk-off scene is, like... Yeah, you're just there in the camera <laughs> zooming in on you. <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah. I'm upset. <laughs> and you're supposed to be trying to act like you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Good on you, Jonah Hill. Anyways, Jonah okay. Hill. <laughs> Video game news. Uh, okay, so Mass Effect Legendary Edition 
is coming out well, uh, May 13th, 14th? Is that what it is now? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, already. May. It's May sometime. Um, and we, we've got some news about it. Mm-hmm. With a great trailer, for one. I'm, like, super happy with the turnout of this. Yeah, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Yeah, like, the amount of change is amazing. They basically made one into the same graphic quality as, like, they basically evened the graphic quality across 2, 3. They said they've also upped it for all the others as well, of course. Yeah, and I think they did quite a bit of work on one, it seems like, just yeah. to, yeah, because it was, like, the most outdated, obviously. Yeah. But they still even updated all the rest. And then they've even done some balance changes and some mechanics changes. And they've changed up the Mako. And, like, they really went in on this shit. They did. Um, actually, there's two pieces of news we could talk about with that. Um, do you want to talk about ass or do you want to talk about DLC? <laughs> well, we might as well go off from dick to ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, man. Totally. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, basically, honestly, I'm going to come to the same conclusion uh, with mm. both of these topics. Um, so... Forgive me, audience. I feel like you probably know where I'm going here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there, so in Mass Effect 2 especially, uh, mm-hmm. there's a character, Miranda, and she's got a fat ass. And mm-hmm. the camera would focus on it a lot. A lot, though. It did a lot. It did a lot. And they you know, they looked at it now in 2021, and they were like, that's a bit much. We're going mm-hmm. to remove those. Totally fine. I think that's. I think that's good. I think that's. I think it's good. I'm. I'm for it. Yeah. It's, it was just a male gazy, you know, camera view, and it's like mm-hmm. it didn't really need to be there. No. Um. So. People are losing their shit over this. Oh, yeah, the Twitter's on fire now about Miranda's ass. Yeah, and like literally conversations of people like, well, why the fuck would I buy it now? And it's like, yeah. were you gonna buy this just for one shot? <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> or like, like or, or whatever, like you know, like five shots on this whole thing. That hold for less than like a second. It's like it's not even a moment where like at least it sat there for a whole scene for forty five minutes. So you could stare at fully clothed CG butt. Yeah, which is I'm look. I'm sure they rendered it real nicely now, but like, <laughs> like I could. What a wild, what a wild thing to do. It's, I mean, like you think if someone was going to be there, they'd be there for the sex scenes, which you know aren't yeah. like too you know too much or anything but like no. you think that'd be what they were interested in and not just like the one camera angle that lingers there for a while of course and then the other thing too of course is like you can have the character on your team and then just turn the camera around and stare at her ass as long as you want to if you're going to be gross and pervy anyways yeah you could yeah yeah like so so many yeah there was no again like it, it, unless the conversation was in fact getting to the romantic state and you and then it had like a first person shot of like you know, uh, Shepard looking at her or something like mm-hmm. in some sort of way where it was getting more sexual, that would be appropriate, like uh, cinematography for that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, when you guys are just having a conversation about like the state of the galaxy and it's like hanging on her, an- her anus, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah uh huh, <laughs> it's a bit much. No point here. Um, well, even to me, like as a gay man, I'm not looking at her ass. So when that was happening, I kept on thinking the camera was bugged. I was like, why am I here? Why is this focused? Did the camera get stuck? And then I started happening over and over again. And I'm like, oh, I feel like this is very intentional, you know? So like, and and then of course for me, I'm just like, God, why do, why are you making me stare at this woman's butt? Yeah. So then, you know, and obviously a bunch of other people going off about it being, you know, SJWs ruining games, blah, 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 blah. blah. Again, as if this is like, again, it was just, it's kind of, especially in the context of the conversation, not what would be we should be focusing on right like that's oh. just you know uh the visuals and the what it, the context is not matching up so mm-hmm. um there's the other no thing way to win is in this world though because like for them again and i understand there's no way to win blah 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 but like 
the right thing to do is to not over-sexualize women, which this did, which is why you should remove it, and it's the right thing to do so that you don't get in trouble for the fact that your old game was over-sexualizing women. So let's do the appropriate thing in 2021 where you know not to do this and remove those things. It's the correct decision. So it's like, let's remove amount of, the amount of sexualization around this character. And then you do that, and they're like, we made the right decision. Everyone should be happy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah, no. I wouldn't have predicted that. If I was sitting in the studio and we made a decision, everyone on the board table would be like, yeah, of course. Great. It's going to be a win. On Twitter, they're going to love this. And then suddenly it's just like... Oh, no, dude. There, there's, there are, like, like, legions of people who, like... They'll be like, look at this Fire Emblem cover in the North American version. And people are like, uh-huh. And they're like, look at the Japanese one. They've they've colored over the cleavage line for this character on the North American box. This is censorship. And it's like, dude, come on. <laughs> like, like, they rose, like, it's the, instead of the V-neck being, like, down here, it's, like, up here a little bit. Like, it's like, yeah. moved in. And they're like, they're like, this is censorship. This is, like, 1984. It's like, no. <laughs> like, no, no, no. It no, is no. not. Um, so yeah, there's always gonna be people pissed off about that. Uh, yeah. Again, guys, just just open Google and type in the word "titty." You'll be fine. Um, <laughs> it's so easy, guys. <laughs> so the other thing is that Le- Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming with all the DLC, like all the DLC from one, two, three, like three, it's all yeah. all in there. Everything Mass Effect in this package. Great, yeah. cool. Um, turns out uh, there was one DLC from Mass Effect One called Pinnacle Station mm-hmm. um, that was lost. The source code was corrupted. They couldn't repair it. And it's not going to be available there. Yeah. Um, this Pinnacle Station. What I read about it made it seem like almost like a just like a combat arena type thing. It didn't seem Basically. like it was anything super important or whatever. It didn't no. seem like people were super pissed off. But again, all of a sudden, there are people who are like not buying this now, and it is. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys, enjoy your ninety nine percent remaster. I'll be over here with the PC originals <laughs> with all the content. And it's like, oh, <laughs> again, man. Where's the rage coming from? Yeah. The, see, my conclusion is the same on both on both ends, where I'm just like, how do the people find the energy? But he, here I am, Mike, coming on this podcast every week, continually perplexed by human behavior. <laughs> continually. <laughs> every week, I'm, I'm just like, how do people have the energy for this? But I have the energy to, you know, you, notice it and bitch about it, so I, am yeah, I any better? How do, how do they have the content? Because, like, the, the thing is, is, the original DLC... When they re-released uh, like the stuff, the, the game again later on, they had to remove the DLC from all packs in the future from that point because it got corrupted originally back in the day. Back And then back in the day, they said, sorry, data got corrupted, so we're never going to be able to, to fix this unless we build it from the ground up. They never did, and that's why it doesn't exist today, is that literally when they originally did this problem and it corrupted, like it was Yeah, gone. Man, I have so no idea. There's like... 85% of people who've played Mass Effect never got to play this expansion because mm. it was corrupted so early on. It was only the people who originally played Mass Effect 1 when it originally came out. Does that mean that you have the original download file for Mass Effect 1 still on your computer somewhere? Yeah, or your Xbox 360 yeah. or whatever. Because yeah, if they, you download they, it again at any point on any one of those devices, it won't include that DLC because it got corrupted. Yeah, So. <laughs> Look, maybe they do, and they're they love. Pin- I can't. Here's here, here's a description of Pinnacle Station. Yeah. Test the limits of your combat prowess aboard a remote, top secret Alliance space station. Do you have what it takes to hold the top spot among the best of the best? This module includes a new landable space station, thirteen exciting combat scenarios, and approximately two to three hours of gameplay. So it's two high to stakes three hours of gameplay, <laughs> and it's high stakes battle simulations. That's that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's a battle arena they set up just to give you a couple of extra hours of combat. Yeah, it's nothing, it's not, 
Yeah, yeah. It's people seeing, you know, and look, if you want to talk Which about the worst like, part about one combat in one is terrible. Like everyone said, oh, when yeah, the game totally. came out, the combat was the worst thing about the game. They Absolutely. Fix the combat in the new expansion. You're going to go back and play the shitty version for two, three hours. of, And if you look at it, they didn't even put any effort into this. They literally just made a room and put some boxes from like assets from the rest of the game that's already been made and said, hey, new expansion and walked away. Yeah, and like, look, if you want to talk about this from the perspective of like games preservation, it mm. sucks that source code got lost for basically any game, I think. Yeah. Um, wasn't there, didn't Square have some game that was like the, they lost the source code for? Yeah, there was. We talked about it like last was year. Was it Final Fantasy VIII? But they just remastered that, so that couldn't have been it. No, it wasn't eight. It was something more indie that we used to love. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, they lost source code. I'm sure that happens a lot, especially from games back in the day where they, you know, weren't backing shit up and didn't think it would be important or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, from a games preservationist standpoint and a history standpoint, it kind of sucks that, yeah, like this, some of this code is lost forever and we will not have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my, like, oh, this is no longer a complete package, it's like, I guess you're right, technically, but, like, who cares? Come yeah. on, man. That is not what question. people are, again, not what people are coming here for, I don't no. think. The only question I have, like, just on the, like, the Bioware mm-hmm. side, though, is, like, considering how small, pathetic, and easy it, that little package GLC was, how hard would it have been to just recreate it from the ground up? The only way to get DLC into the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is if it were completely remade from scratch, which he said is unfeasible because it would, quote, basically take us another full six months just to do this with most of the team we got. So it's a there small team. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, That's small fine. team doing a remaster, right? So, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, cool. I'm, I I'm, wish we could do it, honestly, just because this meant... This is meant to be everything that team ever created and brought together again. And so leaving it all on the cutting room floor was heartbreaking. And look, yeah, from a completionist standpoint, I get it. But I am personally not too heartbroken that that's not making it in. No, I'm I didn't play any of the Mass Effect 1 DLC. I played 2 and 3 stuff, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I played any of 1s. But, you know, it's funny to me is that they also are not going to include the Mass Effect multiplayer. One of the most popular multiplayers from any game from back in that day. Yeah. Um, People love Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Yeah, like just huge. And then not being included. And they literally said to do it would have been to make another whole entire game. It would have been like three years for them to get that, mass, that multiplayer going. Again, small team, not enough work. When he said um, also that like the servers are still up for the PC version, and he's like, do yeah. we support the original alongside this version? And do we up? Like it was like yeah. a whole, yeah, it's like, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But the thing is, is no one threw a massive hissy fit over that. Some people were like, oh, I wish that was with it, but I can't wait to play this game. But they, they literally will return the game and or not buy it because of a three-hour DLC that's not included. Yeah, and an ass shot. And an ass shot, yeah. Oh. So an entire multiplayer beloved by the entire fan base <laughs> removed. Not a problem. But ass and bad battle arena DLC yeah. gone, it's over. We, we got we to gotta throw a riot. Yeah. I'm not buying this anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> you guys God fucking ruined it. Yeah, it's wild. Hey. The, shit, the shit people will complain about. But again, yeah, we no, have a podcast where we're complaining about dumb shit all the time. So maybe we're super hypocrites. Who knows? Who knows? I call Probably. us super crits. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, PlayStation files patent for technology that lets spectators mess with you in VR. <clears throat> The patent was filed in October of 2020, but was recently published. You can find the front page with a useful illustration of the technology in action from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website. If you out there, the audience, Google PlayStation VR patent mess with you, I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, The patent's copy talks about how audience members will be able to participate in games while another user is immersed within virtual reality. They'll be able to make decisions for the player via spectator devices, probably mobile phones in a manner similar to PlayStation's PlayLink technology. Uh, it looks like you'll be able to 
help or screw over the main player in virtual reality depending on the available choices. According to the patent, this will, quote, augment the VR scene based on the spectator inputs in response to the interactive content of the audience participation. Um, so, for example, th this patent says, uh, you know, it, this is a very straightforward one, but, like, it looks like it's giving the player a weapon, and then, so the, the, they're all, you know, there's a sword and, like, a plush bear and a soup ladle, and it says, spectators are voting. The spectators have given you a soup ladle to fight with, and it's like, mm -hmm. great. Um, that's fun. Which but, seems pretty benign at that point. Yes, but here's where my mind immediately went. I think we talked about this <laughs> offline last week, Mike. Mm -hmm. I want there to be, like, you know, a horror game. And, like, I think chat's going to probably give them, like, a heart attack, probably. <laughs> where you, where I think, like, the chat could probably, like, vote on, like, the scariness level and when things are coming and not coming. I think that's, like, a level above what this is going to be. But, like, almost as if you were pacing... The, the like the 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 streamers that is where i think it's going and then we're we're going to see like streamers having heart attacks on screen as shit goes like up and down i think yeah i think it's like the the global like influence where like if you were were a streamer and you're like hey everybody we'll all do this together and you vote on what i do and it's just going to be like the worst thing possible like just constantly putting him in a loop where he just keeps going down into the same pit, like he's like Mario, and he just keeps dropping on the first jump because the whole team keeps deciding that there's a pit there every time, yeah. and he just he can't do it. And now forever, every time he plays a game, there's just a pit, and he's just like, oh god, <laughs> they won't let me out. I can like quit, and then everyone's choosing no, no, no. <laughs> so he can't even quit the game. Yeah, I think you could make literal hells, especially if it's like if multiple like people can have like this these options, or even if people yeah like. People who aren't in the same room as you. Because if you're in a room with your friends, your family, whatever, doing this, I'm sure, you know, that'd be a funny option or whatever. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure people could make awful experiences. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is, we know we'll do it. Like, everyone's played Roller Coaster Tycoon and then made roller coasters that just feed out into the parking lot. Like, we all did that and just watched them burn and, and smiled. Like, <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, it'd be fun to have. There's, there's some version of this where you could, yeah, you can, like, just dictate pacing or maybe, like, an mm -hmm. entire. Kind or like kind of like these, you know, the Man of Medan game or the Dark Pictures anthology games, like yeah. the Choose Your Own Adventure or something. Maybe something like that with even again, I always think of horror stuff, but like something where the players playing through it and there are choices like that, but they don't get to make any of them, and it's the audience making a predetermined path for this guy to go down or something. But that's where my mind went with the cool side is playing games like even um, Beyond Two Souls or. Um... Uh, the one that's really popular right now, like the, the emotional teenager one there. Um, teenager one. It's like the story one that you like. like oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Life is strange. Tell me why. No. Yeah. Like yeah. Life is strange. Life is strange. Uh, or any of those. Like and beyond that, like those kinds of games uh, that we, and we've played some of them ourselves. Um, but playing those in those massive stories, but then letting other people dictate where the story goes with with decisions. And you don't even get to see the decisions. Like you got to like go and interact. So it'd be like, hey, you're going into this room, and then everyone else decides that in this room, you know, you're going to tell this person this thing to get this result. So you go in there, and it's like, hey, you know, you have you have a fight, and then you have to go through it, and then deal with the consequences as the player of that decision that they have. So you get a story dictated by everyone around you that you experience. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which is really cool like you know one you could watch and see what someone's reactions would be to the story that you're guiding and making for them as they go through so it's like the world plays dungeon master and you're watching a player mm -hmm. um, you know and then personally as a person who's experiencing it it would be a story that would be different every time and who knows how it would unwind while everyone's voting on what you're going to do yeah so like, but that's saying that 
everyone would be like, let's do the polite thing rather than he keeps going into the door. He has to walk into the door. We've chosen door. He walks yeah. in the door. He walks in the door. Ha ha ha. Like, <laughs> yeah, at some point you have to get like, if it was, yeah, if it was again, like a chat scenario from Twitch, yeah. it would need to be, well, you know what? There was that po- uh, Twitch plays Pokemon thing. Do you remember that? Mm. And like, people agreed for long enough to beat that game up until yeah. a certain point. Then they, they blew up and they had to, fuck, what happened? They had to get like an anarchy or democracy mode and like, Again, the ch- whatever chat was in there at the time could argue, and they could get if they, you said anarchy mode. If enough people were saying anarchy mode, enough people were saying democracy mode. Democracy mode was like, okay, we all know we need to go up, up, down. You know, there's some like in the cave or something where we need to get out of this area. So it'd be like democracy mode, and people would be like a bunch of people spamming up, so he could just like get out of this cave, and then you know some yeah. troll would be like right, and it wouldn't fuck everything up. Then anarchy mode was just like people spamming left, right, A, B, whatever, and they ended up like tossing out their Charizard or whatever, and like all this shit, and they're like no. So yeah, like. Yeah, maybe something like that would work for th- those scenarios. We're getting way ahead of this patent, I feel like, but I think that's like the evolution of that, probably. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, but it's especially more concerning because it's VR and it's in an immersive world rather than just like Pokemon in this 2D, like, yeah. later world. Yes. The more concerning thing, of course, is that an amalgamation of what Sony has now patented altogether is leading more tendencies towards strongly either way that they're trying to save the world from evil or creating something truly awful in the basements of the sony empire because they also have the robot that'll be your best friend yep um and i forget it did other creepy things but it would like be with you and like tell you what games to play it would like and cheer then, you on if you wanted to get achievement and like yeah yeah and like and they just, have the commercial technology makes you like say the word like mcdonald's if you want to keep the if you want to get the ad to go away but not even say it. It even said, like, you'd have to get up and do the, like, McDonald's dance to make it go away. So you're yep. going to get up out of your chair and do the McDonald's dance while this robot's behind you with a knife telling you that you should get your next platinum reward. Oh, my God. That is the hell that the chat creates. Yep. That is it right there. And then They, all, they keep the while, voting for commercial. So this yeah. guy's stuck in an endless loop. Of like all the while, the, the, the world is voting on you to be, like, stuck here and the, and the robot's keeping you in your place. So yeah. You don't leave or take the headset Robots clamp like, to your head. Yeah. <laughs> Until you order a Big Mac through Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally where it's coming from. Mix that with Microsoft's patent on basically bringing back dead people into your world with CG technology, and it's just like, the, the future is hell. <laughs> okay, you feel the cold steel of this robot clamp down on your head. All you see in front of you is a, is a red screen with the McDonald's logo telling you to order a Big Mac. Yeah. You can you can hear that you can hear the robot issuing commands. Chat is going wild. You're on your floor sweating. You don't know what to do. And then in the corner, a little IM pops up, and it's and it's it's Granny, but she died two years ago. And it's <laughs> and she's like, just do the McDonald's dance, son. Aren't just you loving do it? <laughs> do you love it? Yeah. <laughs> Which again, even the uh, the people coming back from the dead thing was designed around advertising. Yeah. World is a nightmare. It's just a horrible nightmare. Like, that's advertising in the future. Like, pop-ups, you'd be like, I'll take the pop-ups, please. I'll close every pop-up from now on for the rest of my life. God. I never have to do that. Yeah. Speaking of a world of nightmares, Silent Hill tease. It's happened, folks. Once again, we are here. We're back in this cyclical loop, (laughs) which is my own personal Silent Hill. Um, Okay, so (laughs) here's what's happened. Um, there was a channel called AI Hub, and they had a an interview with Akira Yamoka, who has been the composer for Silent Hill for many many games. Um, in this interview, uh, 
he was discussing, Mocha was discussing, uh, he was working on a new project to be announced this summer. And he said, I think it's the one you're hoping to hear about. Now, when this interview went out, obviously, this was the thing the headlines picked up on. Everyone knows what Akira Yamoka works on that we all want. It's Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. So after these headlines blew up yesterday, as of today, Friday, that video, that interview had to be taken down. And AI Hub said, thank you for your, we thank you for your support, which contributed to the spread of this interview that we published yesterday with Akira Yamoka around the world. We were asked to remove the clip and it has been removed. We apologize and stay tuned for the next interviews. And that's it. That's all the details we got. One of the guys who was an interviewer apparently has a deleted tweet. Could be faked. Hard to say. Mm. Where when someone asked him uh, who asked you to take these down, uh, he said it's the Pachinko Machine guys and Konami, obviously. And uh, yeah. But he deleted that tweet, so it's whatever. There was a tweet. Easy to Photoshop as well, though. So take that with a grain of salt. But the facts that we know is Akira Yamoka said it's the one you're hoping to hear about. And look, he's worked on Lots of stuff. But Silent Hill's the big one. I feel like it would be disingenuous. I don't know. For him to say that about anything else. These Japanese people in interviews have said that about, like, you're going to be so excited what happens at our next press event, and then suddenly they're like, it's the car from Final Fantasy. It's the only one that exists. Aren't you excited? No, I'm never going to own that, so I don't care. And then they move on, and they're like, wasn't that exciting? But that's general hype, Mike. This is... When he's talking about his new project, and he's like, I think it's the one you're hoping to hear about? What does he work Are you working on a Pepsi, Pepsi Cola jingle? Sure, why not? <laughs> no, why would that be the thing we were hoping to hear about? This is very specific. It's happening this summer. <laughs> it's fucking happening. What was the website thing? There was like, for some reason, the website got like, there was, there was a website that had the picture of a pyramid head on it or something. Oh, yeah. So SilentHill.com, uh, if you go there... I mean, as of now on Friday when we're recording this, if you go there right now, uh, it has a picture of Pyramid Head and uh, his height, which is nine feet. It isn't actually. He's pretty. He's almost James's size in the games. Yeah. And it says he was first. Um, and that's in reference to the uh, the tall vampire mommy from Resident Evil Village that everyone wants to fuck. Who is confirmed to be nine point two meter or nine point two feet or whatever. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I mean, like, I guess there's like there's some churning behind all of this, but no, no, no. There's, so SilentHill.com, uh, it it like Konami was not paying attention to that domain. I think some like rando bought it. Oh, okay. So that's that's not them doing that. All right, well, that'd be a very weird marketing thing for them to do, honestly. Yes, I really do hope it does because if it does, it it's the waterfall uh, <clears throat> or the the opening of the gates to let other people try and get in uh, to the other IPs that Konami is holding on to. You know. Yeah, I guess, you know, uh, look, uh, imagine Hugh Jackman was confirmed to be returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And when he was asked, who is he going to be playing? He said, I think it's the one you're hoping to hear about. (laughs) And then he played like Star-Lord's brother. Would that not be (laughs) disingenuous? It's too specific. I feel like it's not just general hype. That's that. I think that's where I'm coming from with this. He's not just like. It's not a please be excited announcement. It's like it's the one, yeah. it's the one. And now look, just, this could so still I'm just totally playing the, devil, devil's advocate. Sure, I still think that they. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I still think th- this will be Silent Hill in some way, but like maybe it's like it's Apple Arcade exclusive. <laughs> it's like oh yeah. fuck, you know, you know what I mean? Like it could be that or whatever. But yeah, yeah. 
that's what I mean. I'm like, it could be anything. It could be Silent Hill, but maybe just like in some background way, or it's just a Silent Hill character in Smash or something like that. For all you know, they did like, just they did just put Silent Hill in some game I've never heard of. They put a, like the a location and character, like Heather Mason from Three, and like mm. I was like, I've never even heard of this game before. Like, what? How did they get the, <laughs> the like rights to do this? Yeah. Um, and there, it the, Silent Hill was also in. Dead by Daylight. There's a, mm-hmm. a level and a uh, pyramid head is the killer guy and stuff. Um, well, there was reference to it actually in uh, Cyberpunk, and some and also some uh, uh, Kojima stuff. You could, yeah, I think you could even go and um, there was somewhere where you could see stuff from uh, uh, his weird game about the black goo. Um, Death Stranding. Death Stranding. There was a lot of Death Stranding stuff in there too. There's a lot of Kojima <clears throat> worship. Yeah, people like him. You know. Well, yeah, no. I've seen it, but I'm saying it's like I've seen, um, I've recently seen it in Cyberpunk was references to Silent Hill. Very direct, like obvious references. Mm. So, yeah, I, I just, I hope, because like, you know, it, to open up the floodgates of Konami and uh, let out some of the, the content they're desperately holding on It's a to. shame that, yeah, they're in possession of like some of the world's biggest IPs and we just mm-hmm. don't have them. That is it. We're, we're done. Silent Hill is mm-hmm. 100% happening. <laughs> close the close the door bet on it this june well he said he said summer right so summer whatever that means yeah we still got to stay we i mean we haven't gotten anything this year so far i say in february everything <laughs> <laughs> we, we have to play so far or nintendo directs or anything so because uh, everything's delayed everybody's realizing that they're like oh right covid does slow things down do like you, the gaming industry finally clued in do you think we're gonna have like a lull like yeah like uh not even this year but like I mean, certainly some somewhat this year, but like there's still stuff that was in development last year that like probably mm. got far enough along that some stuff will get released this year. Do, but like maybe next year or the year after, do you think there's going to be like a lull of like almost like no games releasing because it was like, yeah, COVID two years ago really hit us hard. We thought we were going to release in 2022 or three or whatever, but things got pushed and now it's 2024 and we're going to have this huge like gap in between big releases or something. Q4 is going to be very bare. I know there's stuff, uh, there's stuff, late Q3 uh, and Q4, I know there's stuff put in there, but all that stuff, again, remember we were looking at it, the, mm. the, the deadline was either from a game that's been changed to that deadline like four or five times, it's been delayed several times since COVID started, um, and or was basically like an announcement date going, maybe yeah. in here, right? Like it's all very maybe, and even then that maybe has been moved to another maybe, maybe many times. Um, so like I see end of Q3, Q4 basically being a complete blank, you know, like we'll probably start going back to the real world if we're all properly vaccinated by that point. But like, I think the game companies are just going to be like, well, too, nothing too bad. Yep. I mean, Prince of Persia remake got delayed again. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they're all doing the same things. Like, I don't think uh, we're going to, I think, uh, yeah, like the next Q2, we'll still have some things, but Q3, Q4 going to be blank. And on that positive note, we are going blank right now. We'll be back right after the break with After Dark. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Get ourselves some snacks. Welcome back to the After Dark, where we talk about what we've been reading, watching, and playing this week. This week. Nope, that's Mike's line. That's my Too line. Too bad. I fucking stole it. <laughs> um, I-, I fucked that so much up, up so much more in quarantine. Yes than I have ever before, but <laughs> it's my line now. It's your line now. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I apologize to the listeners. I just had a little sneezing fit beforehand, and I do sound plugged up. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you're not paying us, so <laughs> this is the quality you're getting. <laughs> if you're paying us, we could just sit here and wait till my nose clear. Yeah. You can pay us and tell us that we shouldn't do the plugged up Cal's sneezing thing. Go to Patreon and pay so Cal won't do the plugged up sneezy sound. <laughs> if you go to Patreon, you can get the unclogged version. <laughs> <laughs> We just re-recorded the exact same thing verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like me with a clear nose. There's the stuffy version and the non-stuffy version. So I'm going to be kicking things off here. I watched two movies this week. Mike watched the entire season of anime. That's what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> all of it, yeah. Um, all the anime. <laughs> ever. All the anime ever. And he's going to review it in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, anime is okay. Yeah. Um, no, okay, so first up, uh, I'm only going to touch on this one very, very briefly, um, just because I don't want to spoil anything for this movie. I just think it's, it is it is a good movie worth diving into. Uh, it's called Promising Young Woman, uh, directed by Emerald Fennel and starring Carrie Mulligan. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of uh, bigger names you'll recognize in there, but they're supporting actors, not the star. Um, so this is a, the, the synopsis for this movie is a young woman haunted by a tragedy in her past takes revenge on predatory men unlucky enough to cross her path. Oh, I know this movie. I was interested in this. It is very good. Um, again, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm keeping this very brief. Mm-hmm. It's pretty quick. It's like an hour and 45 minutes or something. It's a thriller, and, right? Yeah, I'd say it's a thriller. It's not like a trying to scare you, spook you movie type thing. Yeah. Um, but it is, the content warning, it is about like, sexual assault and touches on those topics and themes and uh that's oh, a huge part of so it. If, if that is something that bothers you uh steer clear mm. but if you're interested in that kind of thing um it is kind of a take on the horror movie genre of like the rape revenge movies that's cool um this is like a yeah this is like a different take on that kind of style so be forewarned if you don't want to uh get into any of that kind of stuff it's called promising a woman um and it is available for rental now sorry i mean maybe that, that's cool i mean it's cool that they're tackling that subject not that <laughs> yeah not that yes <laughs> yes <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> uh but yeah it's available for rent like everywhere right now like youtube you can get it on their google play store blah blah um yeah i saw the so. trailer for that i actually very much piqued on the interest of that and um because you know it's such a a long-standing trope that people consider it funny is just like women being victims in horror movies and they just are and then even when they are heroes or like the main protagonist they spend more time being helpless than a male counterpart ever would be running around just kind of like falling over and then waiting for like the monster to trip and then then they can kill it or something like that um so uh you know like i've always when i saw it i was like hmm, you know th- that's neat like let's let's really like a look at this so i'm glad it's good i wanted to check it out yeah, it, it's it's quite good. I really enjoyed it. And that's uh, promising on woman, and it's out available for rent wherever right now. Oh, cool. Hey, Mike, s- tell me what anime. Yeah, so new season of anime kicked in, um, which uh, I think started in January, uh, in a seizure with the winter uh, season. So, so it's a really good season. I have like, mm, like seven shows on the run now, like a lot. Um, a lot, yeah. A lot of them are returning shows. So, I mean, shows I can recommend, because I'm going to talk about the good stuff first, because there's a couple of things about this season that are really driving me beyond bonkers. Um, it just kind of tackles into the subject matter we were talking in the beginning of the podcast. Um, but good stuff. Returning Juju, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, um, uh, Curse, uh, Curse Academy, I think is what it translates to. That sounds familiar. I've told you to watch it. I can't recommend it enough. It's probably like it's up there with My Hero Academia. I, I like it better than My Hero Academia. I can see this having a long run. 
um, incredible animation with beautiful, incredible fight scenes, good subject matter. Like, if you want a good shonen, this is A plus shonen. Like, just praise. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. It's funny. The characters are amazing. They're very original. Powers are not cliche. The action is really well choreographed, really well animated. Every episode is interesting. Um, it's 17 episodes in so far, but it just kicked back into like its next half and just can't recommend it enough for people who like things like My Hero Academia or like the classic shonen stuff. Like beautifully done. Um, Very cool. That's so, Jujutsu Kaisen. Jujutsu Kaisen. Very, very good. That one's definitely good. It's also returned as uh, ReZero. I've talked about this before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the usual, what is it called? Ikaisen or something like that? The reincarnation. Isekai? Isekai. Uh, yeah. But the best one of all of them um, has come back again. I just say that anyone who hasn't jumped in on ReZero yet, do it because it's so good. So good. The gen- Sorry, in the general, like, uh, is thing about that is the guy keeps dying in this world and coming back yeah so his thing is that he comes into the new world and he doesn't so this character all the way to this point doesn't really have any powers he's got like no he's not a super powered character in any fashion so it's not a big combat thing in that sense but he he, only power he has is that when he dies he goes back to like a a save point basically Mm. so it's always like the same three day he'll go forward three days and then die and then he'll go back and then if he goes forward like six days and dies, he'd go back to that time. So it's like he's always trying to make it through to the perfect run. And if he solves that problem, he won't keep dying until he goes back. But like death to him is painful. It's horrific. <clears throat> what happens is it's very violent. Um, so it's, it's a neat twist on it. But then also the psychology of it all is really cool. Um, and then also just like, the fact that this person has written somehow probably 30 storylines for each loop, you know, and they're all yeah, good, which is cool, which is really cool. Um, so just excellent show in general. Definitely recommend that one. So those two ones. That's and that's ReZero. ReZero. Definitely up there. Catch that up. Um, and then my, my my last good one is a new show that just started, um, which I love, which is another Isekai. They're almost all Isekai this, this season. That's one of the things that bothers me. But this one's a good one. And it was called uh, I'm a Spider. So what? Because I just <laughs> love the premise of a girl. Good name. Who reincarnated as a lesser spider like the level one spiders you fight in the first dungeon Mm -hmm. so she's just like the weakest worst monster that dies in one hit in the beginning of any rpg there's another one called like i reincarnated as a slime or something right yes that's i watched that too it's a little bit different like he basically starts off like a mega powered beast of all things and you know like i thought slimes were supposed to be yeah weak okay that's that's the impression like he starts off in like this cave and then basically eats enough stuff that he becomes so powerful that the moment he leaves the cave uh which is literally like the first episode he, everyone's like you're a god and he's just a god for the rest of the, the series i love the series okay, like for right. fun and it's like what its goofiness is but it's not like this one is she's literally this weak ass spider like hiding in a corner trying to survive as a level one spider mm-hmm. um and her evolving from there and it's been actually quite cute and very very quirkly funny so definitely a good one to check out now here's my problems. <laughs> hmm. I'm not going to name them all because I can't even remember them all, and I don't even like they're they're, they're uh, Japanese names. But I'm going to bring up two in particular that are driving me nuts. Sure. Um, so you and I are probably very um, what was what that called? Um, desensitized to the over sexualization that happens in 
uh, anime, right? Like there's sure. just, there's just so much of it. There's just always like titties that bounce, or you know, like them girls going mm-hmm, or whatever, right? Like just all the time. It doesn't matter what anime it is. It's just built into anime, so you don't really see it that much. And when other people watch it, they're like, dude, you know, yeah, like what like, the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? And but you're like, oh, it's just ingrained. It just is part of the whole thing. So it's not that big of a deal to me. Um, it's gotten worse or something. I don't know what happened. <laughs> in anime recently but i saw one my friend showed me and it had a girl with butt cleavage like she was wearing this like skirt thing but it like went down so you could see her ass crack at all times this is worse this is far worse than that (laughs) um i so one that i've continued to watch just because the rest of the premise is interesting and i want to see if maybe it evolves past it but so far it's looking like it's not um, it's called uh, Mushoku, um, Mush, Mush, sorry, Mushoku Tensei, um, and it's another isekai where this kid, a person, this uh, shut-in gets reborn into the body of a child. The difference being in this one as a story is that like he's actually growing up, so it's not like, hey, he was born here and then suddenly we'll talk about him when he's 22. It's like mm-hmm. him living every day from age one onwards. Okay. It's got like... His parents fucking all the time in the episode. It's got, like, this girl who sits outside the door and masturbates while, like, listening to them fuck. Him chasing girls around as a baby, stealing their underwear and talking about how he can't wait to get into the pussy. And then, like... What? Yeah. What? Yeah. And then, like, uh, his father ends up, like, cheating on his wife and having a second baby. And then just so that he can keep the girl around so that he doesn't have to, like, take care of himself, he makes the mother learn to, like, get used to it. And... He apparently he like in the future I just checked it out he's gonna have like five wives in the future which is just totally fine and like he has like seven kids and keeps leaving them behind and it's just pervasive male dominated sex throughout this whole thing when the storyline is him reincarnating about him trying to break out from being a shut in and becoming a maging mage but instead is wrapped in this non-stop sexualization weird interesting super upsetting I'm just like I'm upset with what, and every time he's always like, oh, my panties, and like, I'm going to steal panties from this girl and play with these titties and stuff, and I'm a kid, but I'm a, I've got like a 40-year-old man's mind, and my dad's the same way, and he's talking to his dad about like cheating and how he's like, he wants to bang the friend he just made who he just found out was a girl, like. Yeah, okay, so that, that's more than usual, I feel like. More like, than usual, but it's not the only one. There are others that have been getting much <clears throat> worse. I'm trying to find the name of it. Uh, there it is. What? Um, there's a, a a dungeon only I can enter. Is what it translates to. Oh my god. Okay. Well, this already sounds like. You <laughs> so, know what this sounds like. <laughs> it's a. It's not an isekai, but it's this guy goes and finds the secret dungeon that only he can enter, and he gets a special skill from it that makes him super powerful. Right? Like standard anime bullcrap. But sure. it turns out that for him to power this super special one, he has to uh, give in to. Uh, gluttonous acts so like eating a lot of food or being lazy or you know relaxing or whatever but of course the one that powers it the most is like sexual activity so to him sound like erotica they're not they're not they're not even classified into this space these would just be normal and and instead in these animes like he he starts off and i'm like okay i'm kind of into the premise i'm kind of into the idea let's roll with this and then he starts like sucking on this girl's earlobe and then all this spit is coming out of his mouth and is like drooling and connected to her ear and she's sitting there moaning while he does it and she's always like asking for it to make his headaches go away because using his power makes his headaches too strong 
I'm not going to get into more of it. It's grotesque. What? And it this... kept happening in more and more of these. I kept clicking on all of these shows going, I like that premise. It didn't, the, the, the trailer, the, the cloud decoration, the story premise, none about it said anything about him sucking <clears throat> on girls' nipples with, with sl- sl- slime coming out of it so that he could power up his abilities. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, like so these are like, yeah. These, these yeah. are like way more sexual. Okay, so when I think of like, you know, gratuitous anime stuff, like I'm thinking of like, you know, I'm trying to think of my favorite series here, like Soul Eater. I love Soul Eater. Yeah. Um, I could totally do without gratuitous cat girl witch titties the entire yeah. time. It doesn't really add anything to the the world or the characters or anything. It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it would be a great series without that stuff. Uh, whereas that stuff I can look at and be crit- critical of and be like, I love the stuff surrounding this. Mm-hmm. That stuff sounds like it has like the sexual stuff like embedded in it as it like. Is. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so much more like hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Like usually it's just like, oh, there's this girl who wears like strappies just over her nipples, and somehow they stay there the whole time, and she's got big bouncy <laughs> yeah. boobies, and you're like, what a dumb character. Yeah, but yeah, everything else is fine. This is just a dumb sexualized character that anime always tosses in, and I wish you know things were different, but you know this is just part of what the culture is. And you're like, okay, fine. Yeah, These panty it, shot played for laughs. Like, is it, yeah. is it ever funny? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no. No. And but the, in multiple, not just one where it was like that's the kind of anime it is. In an entire season of newly launched shows, there were like seven of these. Weird. And I'm just like, the oh, like why? Fuck. That's super weird. Yeah, those ones sound like way more hardcore than the usual. Like just yeah, there's a you know there's two big titty girls and whatever yeah. you know, but like and you could ignore them otherwise or like whatever. It, may, it might even be good characters, but like they're just like overly sexualized, which like happens, but. Yeah, that sounds yeah like a lot. Both of those, fuck. Yeah, like the one I was talking about before, Mukoshu uh, Tensei. Um, if you took the sex out of it, it's beautifully drawn. Like the drawings in it and the style inside the scenes is so beautiful, and the animation is fantastic, and the story and the ideas of what they're developing are really interesting to me because I like the idea that there was this because like being a shut-in in Japan is a massive pandemic to them. Uh, there are kids there who grow up and they won't leave their house and they're like 30 or 40 years old and they've never left their home and they won't get a job because they're so terrified of the stress of bullies and life and all that kind of stuff. Huge problem in Japan. This is one of them who got a restart and it even has to deal with it. Like there was an episode where he was too afraid to leave his property because he's just still traumatized by his shut-in nature from before. And it's about him growing up and learning to break past it in a new life. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Let's talk about the mental... Uh, health of of people who are shut-ins i love this you know and then no there's a girl fingering herself in the corner or something and it's like fucking trying to disperse the idea of them being a pervert in the first place that that shut-ins are just guys who sit around their home masturbating which i saw him do in one of the flashbacks like i'm perplexed by the stuff that's coming out of the anime this season like yes so this is my that's my place i'm like you're not helping this cause. You wrote this show about shut-ins and trying to tell him about how this one's going to get a chance to reincarnate and start his life over. And instead, he's just the same gross monster. There's a reason why he was a shut-in. Like, he should stay indoors. Um, like, what is... Why is it... Mm, it drove me nuts. Yeah, that's frustrating. Because it's of good ideas. Yeah, especially... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Especially if it's, like, otherwise, like, a fun premise or something mm-hmm. and they, they're just, like, fucking it up by having all this extraneous bullshit all like all over it otherwise yeah that's yeah. annoying yeah. i feel I, I kind of this is my last bit i kind of asked myself this question i'm like why is it so much worse now rather than just like you know there's a girl with bouncy titties or something like that which still is too much but 
whatever. Um, not whatever, but you know what I mean? Um, then I'm like, well, is it because like in North America, we started to gravitate towards it a lot. I mean, we've got like Game of Thrones where we've got incest literally happening on screen and like, you mm-hmm. know, Geralt and the Witcher just banging things left, right and center on Netflix. And, you know, like North America has gotten really comfortable with gratuitous sex and violence lately since the HBO universe kind of boomed. Um, and is it that now Japan's following in tow, thinking it's getting a little bit more acceptable or something? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it, for me, it always depends on like what the context is. Like if you are, I'm, I'm going to put like heavy metal, like the animated uh, movies from like when we were younger. Yeah. Um, I guess it was from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, the um, 80s. I don't know. It was heavy metal 2002, which was a 2000. Um, but those were like, you know, violent fantasy stories and there were titties and guitars and shit. And like, and I think that's totally yeah. fine. That's like what they're going for. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas one piece uh nami who's a great character is basically just like a twig with like water balloons on her chest <laughs> and it's like at no point does one piece at, at, i've watched you know 500 something episodes at this point and mm-hmm. like at one they're never really interested in romance or sex or anything but mm-hmm. like all of a sudden hey here's this character with like huge cleavage all the time constantly uh get used to that now and it's like but why yeah. <laughs> like, it's not really adding anything aside from these just gratuitous shots of like hey here's her chest sometimes you know yeah um Whereas if One Piece was grittier and sexual or whatever, that might be feel more appropriate, but it feels wrong in this show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm for it if it's like that's the tone or vibe you're going for or whatever. Like, Sure, totally. None of know? these are setting themselves up in that sense. And that's the and thing. That, yeah, that's the more like egregious yeah. thing, right? And I know the animes that do that. That's the thing. I know that there are animes like that. I know there's those that are set up just literally to like talk about girls' boobies and show panty shots and, and like drool on them and shit literally sure. with like weird amounts of them drinking milk and spilling it on their chest or some shit like <laughs> yeah they sure. do this stuff all the time these shows were not put together that way clearly like not to be yeah it doesn't sound that. like they have, it doesn't sound like they have anything to do with like you know the nature of sex and then all of a sudden yeah there's all this other stuff going on yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's ugh. anyways ugh. driving nuts so i'm really disappointed with like I really hope that by, like when I see the new stuff that comes out next season or the season after, whenever they start launching up more new shows, that I don't suddenly start running into more of this. Because I ran into so much of it, I felt like a trend. And I'm really worried that like this is suddenly now the popular thing, is to wrap more and more gross sexualization into anime. Yeah. Do you have any idea if the source material is like that too? If this, if these are, you know, based on man- mangas? Some of them are based on mangas. So the Makoshi Tensei one is based on a, on a light novel slash maybe manga, which does have that as a source material. Um, and I think one of the other ones does as well. Uh, so it's definitely coming from source material for sure. Yeah, or I mean, I guess it, I guess it's more of a worrying thing if that's the ones they're picking. I guess you yeah, know, to adapt. That, so that's the thing um, too. I was wondering if it was like a case of like manga didn't really have much to do with that but hey we're adding you know sex cells and we're adding this in yeah. there or something you know yeah. um yeah all right oh. well that's uh a dis- my, my last last thing i'm gonna say mm-hmm. i'm super pissed off and i've literally stopped watching promise neverland which has come back because they fucked it up read the manga that's all I'm gonna oh say. damn that's all I, I'm gonna I, say. I still have not started season yeah. two yet don't so. just go read the manga fuck the show okay well i'm gonna watch the show <laughs> No, I'm, I won't watch it. I won't watch it. They fucked it up so bad. Well, so. now I, well, I'm 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 very curious about both now. So yeah, <clears throat> I want I I uh, I want to see the I'll disparaging to, paths. I'll recommend to the listeners out there: don't bother with the sh- second season of the show. Just go read the manga. It's way better. Interesting. It's so weird that they do that. Yeah, that's a uh, again. Usually when they do that, I think we talked about this last week, but yeah. it's usually like 
the manga isn't caught up yet, so they do something else or whatever, right? And like this is like a you know what this thing. you know what this feels like the end of Full Metal Alchemist first round. Yeah, which which was because it wasn't done yet, right? And then with Brotherhood, the manga had finished, so yeah. they were like, okay. But I mean, like show wise, this is what they've done. They've, it's just no spoilers. They've literally cut out two hundred chapters in two episodes. That's so many. <laughs> it's literally like probably four seasons worth of content they just chopped off. What an odd thing to do. Yeah. And huh. it's the best content. And, and even if they go back to it now for some reason somehow, it's not going to fit. So I'm just like, fuck this. I'm out. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, makes me very curious to know like what the differences are. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, so the ones you recommended were Jujutsu Kaisen, Kaisen which looks uh, cool. I do want to watch that. And uh, ReZero. And uh, so I'm a so I'm a spider. So what? I'm a spider. So what? Yeah. Watch those three. Stay away from the. I mean, unless you want your looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But again, I feel like if you're really into that thing, you could probably find a better source of that. That it's doesn't also have a plot about not your yeah. looking. So. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, I watched Psycho Goreman this week. I'm so excited for this. I want to hear everything. A, uh, a movie by Stephen Kostansky, who also did he direct The Void? Yeah, he, he co-directed The Void, which I also really liked. Uh, so Psycho Goreman is a movie with all practical effects. It is a... I don't want to call it a horror movie, really. It's not really trying to scare you. It is like a no. fantasy, like, adventure kind of movie. Um, very 80s vibes. Uh, yeah. So there, there's like a... tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, so there's like a, a brother and sister who uh, unearth this, like, you know, intergalactic demon that was, like, buried in their backyard... Um, and it is the, like, he's Psycho Goreman. That's not his name, but she names him. And, uh, he's like this, like, you know, nightmare ruler who was, like, taking over the galaxy and he was imprisoned. And, uh, she obtains the gem. She gets the gem from him before he wakes up and she can control him now. And so he is this, like, intergalactically powerful beast. All of a sudden, he's at the beck and call of this little girl. Um, so there's great comedy just from that. Uh, and it's all practical effects, which is just so fun. It, it, it gave me such Power Rangers vibes during this whole thing. Exactly uh, what I want, yeah. So, like, you know, like, again, you can't really spoil this movie too much. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to give too much of it away, but, like, you know, Psycho Goreman's, like, you know, he's, he's like, he's, like, they'll know I awakened. And then it cuts to, like, uh, like up in the galaxy somewhere, and it's, like, this, like, table of, like, weirdo freak, like, rubber suit people, and they all have super fun, cool, weird designs, and they're all talking about how, ah, shit, he woke up, like, we gotta send someone after him, and, like, you just get such fun characters throughout. Uh, like, it reminds me of, like, if Power Rangers was cooler, honestly, like, <laughs> with, like with the designs, like, it was, like, a, it's just, like, a little bit more. Um, it's got some good comedy in there, too, like, with Psycho, again, like, it's just this, like, it's this brash little girl commanding this giant nightmare man and then her like very meek brother a kind of along for the ride um and again i don't want to spoil any of the jokes or anything but it is such a fun ride it's only like an hour and a half and it's it's like it's just so fun it's a delight from start to finish um it looks so goofy and so like off like it's it's like an homage back to like gremlins and the tongue-in-cheek more fun horror films mixed in with the practical effects and the the silliness of the like craze of the 90s into japanese um there's a term for it but like they're basically superhero shows uh all together uh in one big package just to be like hey do you remember the days when you used to watch all those silly rubber monsters and stuff like that here's a movie to just like reignite your childhood and and have a good laugh 
it, it, okay, Psycho Goreman is honestly, like, inspiring to me in a way, in the same way that, like, Ninja Turtles is, where it's like, this concept is so over-the-top ridiculous already, like, anything you do is fine. You could do yeah. whatever the fuck you want, and I am totally okay with what you're doing. Uh, like, you know, Ninja Turtles go to space in, like, their second season. It's like, they were already ninjas, turtles, and teenagers. <laughs> you didn't need to send them to space, but you did. <laughs> like, did it really, really need to get more exciting? Yeah. I know, buddy. Um, so, yeah, it is so, so fun. I highly recommend it if you're into those kind of, like, creature feature kind of stuff. Uh, I think I, anyone could have a good time with this. You know me, Mike. Mm. I'm not an actor. I'm not a critiquer of acting. No. I, I can't really tell the difference between good and bad. No. Some of the performances in this movie are not very good. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because the, stone, the, like, the tone and style of the movie... Is that supposed to be kind of crappy on purpose? Yeah, it kind of works in its favor. It reminds me of like a an adult Goosebumps episode or something, almost <laughs> right. Like that's the vibe it gives off. Like that mm. it it's like a R-rated R.L. Stein or something, almost. <laughs> I love it. I love the idea. When I saw the trailer, uh, and I think I even got it, saw it because you reposted. I was like, I'm in. I'm in for literally this this being like classic bad kung fu movie almost where it's just like bad lip dub and everything just oh yeah the people are talking well. in the suits and like the lips obviously aren't moving it's just yeah. like a guy in a suit like it's yeah. it's yeah it knows what it is and it has fun with it and i think yeah it's it's i know a lot of people probably wouldn't like this movie that's the thing where it's but it's like so hard for me to wrap my mind around someone not enjoying it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is just fun how could you not like <laughs> like i think even just the, like the, the designs alone you'll be like like you will be like oh yeah this is like a, a hell of fun movie so mm-hmm. uh yeah so that's psycho gorman it is also out now to buy or rent on you know any service of your choice wherever you go so yeah. um so yeah uh great movie recommend highly to all very cool and that's it for the week. Hope that's you enjoyed it. our podcast. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, you can tweet me at the Cal G, and you can tell me. Silent Hill is real. No, I already know that. Uh, <laughs> tell me what your favorite Power Rangers monster was uh, from the oh, original that's series. Good. Yeah, that's good. I got it? a couple of those. What was the best rubber? Mo- I had a toy of the dude who was all eyeballs. Yeah, and he, sho- and he shot them out of his chest. Actually. He shot them out of his chest. Yeah. Yeah, which was yeah. I had that too. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, and Mike is at Mike Kent Draws. And if you want to tweet him an anime without any earlobe licking, yes, uh, please recommend him. He, he clearly missed any ones that didn't have that this season. <laughs> Did I just click on all the wrong ones? You guys tell me. Yeah, you guys tell him. <laughs> and if you want to tweet at the PNP underscore podcast, I'm pretty sure I already told you to tweet us something earlier in the episode. Oh, it's about character design. Tweet yeah. tweet us like what your character design pet peeves are. If anything we said resonated with you about that, about mm. like. Well, no. What your, not what your pet peeves are about character design. What your pet peeves about are other, about other people complaining about it. Yes, <laughs> that's that's what I want. Yeah, their swords are too big. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Give us more examples of those. And other than that, you can give us a like, share, and subscribe across all our major platforms. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Podbean, Podchaser, you name it, we're on it. Be sure to check out any of your uh, streaming platforms and give us that thumbs up, give us a share, drop us a comment, spread us around so we can grow our audience. And of course, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast and join us as a patron and uh, pay for us to do what you say. Uh, other than that, we'll see you guys next week. Like, share, subscribe, and smash that like button. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs>